This is Professor Rick Del Santo of the PWZ Podcast. If you're interested in professional wrestling of the independent kind, the National Wrestling Alliance, and the United Wrestling Network, check us out on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, and anywhere you listen to professional wrestling podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 19 of Shocking Things. I'm John. And I'm Laura. And we are finally in October. And we will be kicking off tonight, which is October 1st for us, with our favorite horror movies and our favorite ambiance, which is a, it, well, it smells like fog. And it's from Magic Candle Company. I think it's called Horror Nights. Yeah, it's supposed to replicate the, the scent of a fog machine that they're Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. So if you like horror and the horror attractions, you definitely have to have that in the background when watching a horror movie, right, Laura? Yes, I'm so, I'm so excited for that later. But uh, we just, before we get into our topic, we just came from the theaters recently and saw two horror films. The first we're going to talk about is Malignant, which I liked and Laura did not like, right? Did not like. Uh, It's getting mixed reviews from James Wan fans, and I thought it was a fun, entertaining movie. I liked the action, I liked the twist ending. And the humor, which I still don't know if it's intentional or unintentional, Laura didn't like, I don't think anything about the movie, right? No, I guess, well, he knew there would be an audience for it. I I thought it was strange. Um, And the word cheesy, that's all that comes to mind. Yeah. Again, I thought it was like a Netflix movie that you watch once and to never be seen again. I'm going to watch it again. But but the movie that we both agree was a great film. There is a... Called the Connecticut Indie Horrorathon that we saw and uh, independent movies and it's called Dead Girl in Apartment Three uh, by Curtis Spieler, the director and writer. Uh, great movie. Do you agree, Laura? Excellent. It exceeded my expectations. I had high expectations in Malignant and I was really disappointed. I had no expectations, well, lower expectations going into. Um, yeah, independent, lower but independent yeah. movie and it was it was great i thought it was fantastic it really is so uh they said it's going to get a wider release don't know the details so definitely keep an eye out for it it's definitely worth checking out but we're we're going to talk about right now is the house of the devil uh by ty west uh, we're on location for that uh we cover another Ty West film called The Innkeepers. So if you want to listen to that episode, it's episode 12. But um, so the synopsis for The House of the Devil is, in 1983, financially struggling college student Samantha Hughes takes a strange babysitting job that coincides with a full lunar eclipse. She slowly realizes her clients harbor a terrifying secret, putting her life in mortal danger. So if you haven't seen this film, uh, it's going to be spoiler filled. Uh, this discussion so you can watch it 
It's free on Tubi and on Peacock. If you have a subscription to Shudder, you can watch it on there ad-free. Uh, this film had fairly good reviews. On IMDb, it got a 6.4 out of 10. On Rotten Tomatoes, it got 85%. And on Shudder, it got a 3.8 out of 5. Uh, before we get into the, a little bit more about the cast... Laura and I were discussing the film. We both felt that this movie, our first viewing of it, we weren't really crazy about it. Right, Laura? Correct. And then after watching again, we just started, I started noticing more things. Did you do that? Like, kind of like certain little things you didn't notice the first time? The more you watch it, the more you like it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, definitely worth checking out if you have. It's a slow burn, and I think that was part of it, too. Probably, you're probably right. Yeah, I think we probably expected more things to happen right off the bat. Yeah, it was just one of those nights where you're looking for something really scary. You kind of watch it. You don't realize it's that good until you come back to it. Sorry, no, I'm reiterating oh, yeah. what you just yes. said. No, but uh, so now the cast, this is written and directed by Ty West. Uh, he's done The Roost, Trigger Man, Cabin Fever 2, The Innkeepers, a segment in VHS called Second Honeymoon, a segment in ABC's A Death called M is for Miscarriage, The Sacrament, In the Valley of Violence was his last movie. Uh, Jocelyn Donahue was Samantha. She was in Insidious Chapter 2 as Young Lorraine and in Doctor Sleep as Lucy Stone. Dee Wallace was the landlady. She was in E.T. Cujo and the Howling. Greta Gerwig was Megan. She did a lot of TV appearances. And... Probably most known for writing the screenplay, screenplay for Lady Bird and uh, Little Women. Mary Warnoff was Mrs. Ullman. She was in Death Race 2000, Rockwell High School, Night of the Comet, and Chopping Mall. Tom Noonan was Mr. Ullman. He was in Manhunter, Monster Squad, Robocop 2, The Last Action Hero, Heat in the Roost. Uh, their son in the film was A.J. Bowen. He was in Creepshow 3, Hatchet 2, The Sacrament, and Satanic Panic. Um, so, talk a little bit about the first location we went to visit. This was the apartment of uh, the house, and the, the apartment in the house, uh, Samantha went to rent from D. Wallace and the church right next to that. That was in Torrington, Connecticut. We just went there very quickly, took a few pictures, and left. And then the fun part of the of this was getting to eat pizza. <laughs> we went to uh, it's called Kent Pizza, and that's in Winstead, Connecticut. And we walked in. It wasn't what we expected because it didn't really. It's changed over the years. Um, you know, when they filmed it originally, the seats in the the film were red. Now they redid them. They're green. And you don't realize it's a much larger restaurant when you walk in. When you walk in, the, the filming, when you see it, they're sitting down. That's the front. And then you walk to the side. There's a whole huge like dining, dining room. room. Yeah. So we went in the dining room area because if you sit in that front area, there's only one entrance in and out. You're going to have people walking past you constantly. And then they're setting up pizza boxes for delivery. So it, it wouldn't be a fun dining experience. So... The pizza was, wasn't was what we expected, but it was actually very good pizza. This was Greek pizza. The part of Connecticut we're in is uh, known pretty much, uh, now I'd say worldwide, uh, New Haven pizza. Mm -hmm. 
arguably people that disputes about Chicago, New York, and New Haven's become really the three probably the biggest pizza places in the United States now. So this so was, we are very particular about our pizza. Yes, we're used to very thin crust. Uh, and when we went there, uh, we asked for Fox and Park soda. They looked at us like we had two heads. And so uh, that's what all the Italian places have. So when we got the Greek pizza, we ate it. We both said this was great pizza. Wasn't oily, it was just perfect. You agree, Laura? It was good pizza. Yeah, so that was a fun time, just going there and looking. Uh, since I'm a nerd and I like movie props and things of that nature. You're a nerd? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they have, if you watch the film in that scene, they're going to have a little chef pizza man on the countertop. That same exact one is, is actually uh, in the restaurant, Kemp Pizza. So... If you're in the area, definitely check that out. So now we're just going to talk about the, instead of doing the whole full you know, review of the film, I said, Lord, why don't we just pick out our favorite scenes? I said, why don't we pick out five scenes? Laura said, no, I want to pick out three scenes, my favorite scenes. I said, well, I'm going well, to... I added one. Added. Okay, so you have four. <laughs> I said, well, I'm going to pick five. I'm not listening to you. So, all right, I'm going to start off with, it, uh, I'll start off with five. Uh, what I think is, you know, then we'll go up from five and then, you know, and I'll get down to number one. I actually enjoyed the scene. We were talking about the pizza place. I enjoy that scene because it felt real to me. Like two friends having a real conversation. And Megan was upset about not getting the phone call when she, you know, she called up, well, the guy stood her up, I'm sorry. She got the phone call for the babysitting job, but she got stood up. So Megan was really angry about it. She said, I should rip up all those, those postings as revenge. And I just thought that was a real conversation between two friends. And I liked the attention to detail what they had. You can see when they're eating and drinking, they had the old Coca-Cola paper cups. So this was set in the 80s, and I liked the fact that they actually went out of their way to make sure that you noticed something like that. Maybe some people don't pick up, but I noticed that when it was set in the 80s. So that was like a nice attention to detail. And, um, and one of Laura's favorite lines, I don't know if you, so we didn't talk to each other about what our favorite scenes are. Uh, Laura's favorite line, one of her that she talk about is the pizza is nasty. That's another realistic thing because some of these pizza places, the pizza isn't consistent. Mm -hmm. But thankfully the pizza wasn't nasty when we went that day. Yes. Okay, so but now, so that was uh, number five. So I'm gonna let you start. So though, number four. Well, wait. I, oh, you're gonna talk about, about the scene? Okay. Yeah, because I I did notice that she actually ate the pizza. A lot of times. She's complaining. You no, know, but she was eating it like a real person. Like you know how sometimes when they have the food scenes, like they'll pretend to like eat something and put oh, it down. Okay. Like she ate it like we weren't watching a movie. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. Really yeah. You're right. You're that right. Pizza. You're right. You're right. And one of my favorite things about. Um, the innkeepers is the, like, getting to know the characters, like, spending a lot of time with them before anything happens. And I think it's the same in this movie. This is one of the strengths of Ty West, of why you think it's a horror movie, I'm going to pick out all the death scenes. But no, but that's the reason why I picked this up as one of my favorite scenes, because it actually always stood out to me in the film, that scene, just because of that reason. All right, I'm going to let you go now. Number four of what you... One of your favorites, Laura. 
Okay, so like four, like the least favorite? Leah, then then up to your favorite. Oh, geez. Well, I didn't do it in that order. Um, do whatever you want, Laura. We'll just... I'm doing whatever I want. Yes. Okay, so I like, um, not. I call it not the babysitter scene. Um, you could explain it better. When the, well, her friend uh, leaves her and she's, she's like in the car and she's smoking a cigarette. I don't know if she pulled off to the side of the road. Like what happened in the... Um, oh, she went to... Out. I think she went to... Yeah, she went to... To light her cigarette, right? Is oh, that what she you're didn't have a light. And then this guy comes out of nowhere, which we find out later is the couple's son. And um, he says to her, you know, after he lights her cigarette, he says, so you're not the babysitter? And she says no, and he blows her brains out. And I didn't see it coming. That, yeah, that, like, literally uh, blew blew my mind. Pardon <laughs> oh, the pun. But no, but that just came <laughs> that out of nowhere. scared no- me. <laughs> but it, it came out of nowhere, and that set the tone for the rest of the movie. Yes. So once that happened, you're like, okay, this is playtime's over, right? After oh. that scene. <laughs> it was abrupt. So, okay, I'm going to go from least to favorite. So, said number five. And number four is, I liked it when, just another simple thing. Nothing, nothing really crazy, but it's realistic to me. When uh, Megan gives uh, Samantha the pile pile of babysitting ads in the car and she's singing along to the Greg Kin band in the car. Sing along bobbing her head, which is realistic. You're waiting for someone you're actually gonna be listening to the music and getting into it. So I, I really like that. And when she gave her the whole pile, which said before at the pizza place is I should rip off as revenge all those ads, she gave her the entire pile of the ads. I got a kick out of that. You like the character development. Yes, I and I, I just, I just ones. thought, and these are two. If you're really close friends with someone, you're gonna do something like this and go out of your way to do something yeah. like that. So that's the reason why I, I mentioned that. All right. So now you're number three, Laura. I, I liked the part when the um, well, I guess when so I kind of have two in here that kind of coincide. So maybe I could do both. I really enjoyed the dancing scene. I thought that was really fun. That's like something any of us would do. I don't care who you are. Maybe not with headphones and a Walkman. Well, it's in the eighties, though, so you got it. So you was it a Walkman or a Discman? A, a Walkman. Walkman, yeah. So the Discman wasn't invented yet. Yeah, I, I don't know those facts. You know all those extra facts. Um, but yeah, I, I really thought that was fun, and it kind of broke up this scary, like ominous vibe going on. It broke it up, um, and I had fun with her. And then that leads into, uh, maybe or maybe it wasn't after that scene. It was a scene when she was exploring the house. I, I wrote the exact same thing down when she noticed the photos. When she went, to, she knocked down a vase and she, she goes to clean up. Is that what you're going to say or no? No, when they, okay. when they key in the audience and they show all of the, the satanic room with all oh, of the bodies. Okay. I don't always like when they clue in the audience because sometimes they don't do it right and I don't always want to know the twist before it happens. Yeah, so Samantha had no clue what's going on, but you're seeing what's happening. Yes, right? so yeah. they're cluing us in. Okay. And I thought it was creepy and I liked it. I liked the way he, he did it. Okay. So I'm similar when she's listening to Walkman, clean, you know, cleaning up, and then she knocks over the vase. When she goes to clean up and she's like, which is realistic, we've all done stupid things like that, right? <laughs> so she goes to find uh, the closet to, to sweep up the, the vase. 
she notices a whole bunch of framed family photos in the closet. That, what I liked about that is she's starting to put the pieces together. She's looking at these photos, she's like, okay, these are family photos, but these aren't of the Ullman. She's noticing the car that's in the driveway that was there before. Yeah. It's the same car. So she's kind of saying, like, this doesn't make any sense. Or why are these all, like, hidden? So, again, you, she doesn't know what's going on, but we're figuring out, okay, these Ullmans aren't really the, the owners of the house. They did something to the actual owners of the house. So that's, that's why I picked that. Okay, Laura, what's, what else do you have? And then I just... Um, I mean, there wasn't too big of an end scene, um, of a climax, or but I liked the scary faces that she kept seeing. I'm not yeah. sure what the demon's name is, if they ever mention yeah. it. Do you have that? No. Is that is that for your uh, your next pick? Yeah. Okay. I like when she keeps seeing his face because it was scary. It kind of looked like The Exorcist some of the times, mm -hmm. and I thought it was creepy. That's all. Okay. Well, I like let's... all the terrifying things. <laughs> okay. Um, so for my number two, I picked what you picked earlier about when Begin got her brains blown out. So I don't have to really go into detail, but that whole thing just out of nowhere, she stops. The guy pops up and scares her. He gives her a light, asks if she's the babysitter. She doesn't know where her friend is, and then he just blows her brains out. So, <laughs> yeah, so that, yep. that's, 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 and then what's your, your favorite scene now? Or doesn't have to be in order, but one of your favorite scenes after that now. Well, I mentioned four. Did you? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, because I said like the dancing, because I couldn't remember. Oh, okay. Like, but you kind of put them dancing, together. Got gotcha, you. Gotcha. She was exploring later, and I couldn't remember okay. like if it coincided. I can't remember. That's okay. But I just knew the, you know. All right. So then. Probably to me the best, if one of the best, it's hard to pick. I'm very hard at picking these favorites. But I really enjoyed the end of the film when, you know, first we thought Samantha's dead, but she's not. She's in the hospital, has bandaged up because she tried to blow her brains out. But the nurse says, you'll be fine, both of you, implying that she's pregnant. Mm -hmm. Because this demon impregnated her, which that was the twist ending. So that was uh, what I, I thought was great. It was really one of those endings that really, it hits you. Yeah. You agree? No, yeah. Maybe I should have had that on my list. That could have been my That's fine. That's <laughs> why I said one. five. <laughs> you didn't listen to me. But, you, but those are the things. Of course, the ending is going to stick out. But I'm thinking of scenes that left an impression. Gotcha, gotcha. No, that's fine. <laughs> it could be memorable, not necessarily favorite, right? Yeah. And here's some fun facts for The House of the Devil. Promotionally released on VHS in a clamshell box, the last major motion picture release in that format was A History of Violence from 2005. It was shot on 16mm film, very popular in the 80s to give it a retro stylistic look. The film that Samantha watches on TV was George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead from 1968 because it was in public domain and they didn't have to pay the rights to use it. It was deliberately shot in the same kind of style and usage of the splatter films of the 70s and 80s, which it emulates. Shot over a period of 18 days. Most of the crew were locally sourced from Connecticut where the film was shot to help keep the cost down under a million dollars. The Tyler house was infested with ladybugs, some of which can be seen in some of the shots. 
When Samantha orders a pizza, the pizza guy asks if she wants pizza with extra anchovies. This is a subtle nod to the Patrick Dempsey comedy Loverboy from 1989. The extra anchovies references the film meant that the pizza delivery boy would be delivering a lot more than pizzas. You know what that means, Laura? Some yeah. sausage. Okay. okay. <laughs> the the camera. You know, <laughs> the camera. The camera frequently zooms in on the characters. One of the techniques that were highly favored in the '80s. Nowadays, they would have most likely have it set up on a dolly. The film is purportedly based on true events, but the events or supposedly pics are never mentioned in the film or in the press releases. The name of the couple, the Olins, is possibly an homage reference to the popular 1980s movie, The Shining. In that period film, Mr. Olman is the hotel manager who hires Jack Nicholson's character, relates the unsavory background about the hotel to him. This is similar to Mr. Olman in House of the Devil, who hires Samantha, lures her out of a remote location, and only then relates the true nature of the babysitting job. Dee Wallace only worked for one day. The Coke cups in the pizza place were purchased off of eBay. We consume the film was set in 1983, as one of the songs featured is One Thing Leads to Another by The Fix. Mrs. Ullman didn't wear a wig in the earlier draft of the script. Jocelyn Donahue did her own choreography for the dance scene. Samantha uses a phone and dials 911. On the phone, it lists a phone number that is not the famous movie 555 number. It looks like the actual phone number. Samantha's Sony Walkman was used in the film to fit the 80s nostalgia theme. Walkmans were the audio cassette playing boxes, and their convenient and portable function made them really popular with young people in the 80s and even up until the early 2000s before the MP3 players' iPods became so popular. They forgot to mention disc man but uh <laughs> so this is fun little facts but definitely like you said if you haven't seen this movie give it a shot anything else you want to say laura yeah um i was thinking about how what we were talking about when she calls her friend on the phone in the voicemail oh, that everybody yes. did we should have put that as one of her favorite uh favorite parts of the movie yeah where she thinks she's leaving a phone message to Megan. She thinks Megan's answering the phone. She doesn't realize Megan's dead. But then <laughs> so then the voice keeps uh, answering. She thinks it's her, but it's not. And then she says, leave a beep, which we've done before. Right, Laura? Right. And even in my generation, like, it was after yours. And we even did that on our voicemails. Exactly. Like, we thought it was funny. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of great scenes in this movie. So it's hard to just mention just a few. But, so... Thank you, everyone, for listening, and until next time, try and enjoy the daylight. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to it on. Also, please share this podcast with others. To follow us on Instagram, please go to shocking.things.podcast, and to like us on Facebook, it's at shockingthingspodcast. Our email is shockingthingspodcast at gmail.com. And you can leave a voice message that's located in the show notes. And until next time, try and enjoy the daylight.